This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Want a great way to recognize your employees? Check out Custom Inc. Have you ever thought about doing something special for your customers? Custom Inc. can do that too. And wouldn't your team love some custom gear? Custom Inc. is ready. Custom Inc. is your go-to custom gear partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing along with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. Plus, everything is 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Check out what we can do for your business at custominc.com. And welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Emilio Donnell, and we have a special guest. That's our friend Jeremy, who is a Huddersfield Town supporter. He's on to help us preview the upcoming match between Huddersfield Town and Fulham. This should be fun. I look forward to doing this. Before we do anything else, Emilio, welcome back to the show. Are you looking forward to doing this with your friend Jeremy? Absolutely. It's, I was just saying to him off air, it just only seemed like yesterday we did a couple of shows two seasons ago. It was this That's corresponding right. weekend we played away to Huddersfield Town and I remember Cavalera scoring that classic goal in the top corner. He didn't score many more goals after that, if I remember, but he, right. that was a good game. And then I remember we went out for drinks on the corresponding game at Craven College where Jeremy was recounting the fact we were winning 3-0 comfortable under Scott Park in that game and then you came back in the 3-2 and um, maybe should have grabbed an equaliser in that game but yeah Absolutely. it's good to have Jeremy back on the show and uh, you're always very articulate in your, your praise of Huddersfield Town and uh, you're, you're probably the most fanatical fan I've ever known in terms of home and away every single game so I admire you for that so it's good to have you back on. Yeah and it's good to be able to go back to the football now you know it's been it's been some time hasn't mm. it so it is actually good I've been to the both of the away games so far this season and it's been thoroughly enjoyable just to see the faces again even mm. the people that I don't know just to see the same faces again it's great <laughs> That's good yeah same with All me right. on Sunday and, and Jeremy you will be at the match correct 
I will. I will definitely be at the match. Yes, I'm looking. I'm looking forward. Just got the season card through the post today, so I'm looking forward to um, swiping it and getting it in and uh, getting my free program because this uh, it's free programs at Huddersfield oh. Town this season. So yeah, oh, that's a nice, oh, nice gesture. Not a Fulham, mm. that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Not a Fulham. That's that's a good point there, Miller. Okay, so Jeremy, we'll start with you. We'll we'll get some thoughts from you on Huddersfield Town and then uh, in the middle of the show or near the end, uh, Emil and I will share our thoughts on foam and then we'll end with our predictions and how both teams can potentially win this match. So let's start with you, Jeremy. Let's just get your thoughts on Huddersfield Town ahead of this match. Talk about your summer. I'll, I'll ask you after your opening thoughts about the opening match. So let's just talk about this summer and what are your, what were your thoughts going into the summer? Well, we had a, a shocking second half of the season. I mean, I remember this time last year. I uh, obviously the season started a little bit later, and we, I wasn't hopeful at all about the season. And yet, we we actually played very well up to New Year. We were mid-table, looked very comfortable, we were looking up rather than down. And then we were, well, rubbish basically the second half of the season. I mean, we we hardly won a game. I think for a long time we'd picked up the fewest amount of points of any team in the league in the second half of the season. Um, and we scraped over the line in the end, some degree of comfort, but it, it didn't look that way with a few games to go. Um, but I, I looked at the signings that we've had this summer. I'm slightly more hopeful this year. Uh, the bookies aren't, but I'm slightly more hopeful this year. We will have a, be- a better season. I mean, we've obviously got a plan of getting young players in from the lower leagues, non-league, like League One, League Two. Um and giving them a little bit of time to gel. Um, now, that's not to say it's going to work. I don't particularly know the names and the quality of the players that we're bringing in. But it, it's at least it's, a, it's, it's an obvious process and a pattern of what we're going to be doing. And sometimes in the past, town have been a little bit haphazard in the recruitment. Mm. So whether it works or not, I don't know. But I have, I've got a degree of hope this season that I didn't have last season. Okay, very interesting that you say that because uh, I was actually watching... A video, and I believe in the video, a championship video, you were predicted to be relegated. Which, uh, which again, I don't hope on Huddersfield Town. I, I don't nothing against Huddersfield Town. In fact, because I know you, I, I don't want Huddersfield Town to be relegated. And uh, it's funny after doing my research on Huddersfield Town the last couple of days, I don't understand where that's coming from. Predicting relegation for your side, I, I don't understand that. But let's start here because again. I'm going to ask you about the players, of course, the manager, but I want to get your thoughts because uh, I believe you, you you were mentioning this off air about the Derby County match. So was this a surprise getting the draw? Were you, were you happy with the draw against them? And how do you think your side played against Derby County? I understand all the problems that they're having, but if you look at their lineup, it's still not that bad. It might be light in numbers but they still have some talent on that team oh yeah i mean certainly when when, when they were saying beforehand you know it's going to be struggle for them i think we were odds on favorites to win the game i was looking at the bookies and i can't remember a, a time when town have been odds on favorites to win an away game probably since our promotion season <laughs> so it's just uh so yeah and but you looked at the side as they were lining up and i was thinking like oh, a craig for scythe and kelly roos and you know and you think well you know they've still got a bit of talent there um it's difficult to say because one match of the season, we were very closely matched to them. 
whether that means we'll finish 15th and 16th or 22nd and 23rd, who knows? But I mean, certainly it's a side that I think that we will um, will be around about where we are in the table uh, come the end of the season. Um, I thought we played pretty well, certainly deserved a draw. I was thought we were unfortunate when we went behind, definitely deserved to get back in it. Um, we had some good spells in both halves, especially first half. But I think 1-1 was fine. I mean, at the end, we had a really good chance and they had a really good chance. So it could have been a 2-1 win for us, could have been a 2-1 win for them. But I, I don't think anybody really felt too aggrieved about 1-1. And I was listening to Radio Derby on the way back and I heard one or two of their uh, players uh, talking and they were, again, saying, yeah, reasonable start to the season against a side that's probably quite solid and capable. So 1-1, they, they'd accepted it as well. So, yeah, decent enough start to the season. Okay, very good there. Jeremy, and uh, again, doing my research on it, I, I find it interesting when uh, I was learning about your head coach, manager, which whichever term he uses, coming from basically a, a disciple of Bielsa. So mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on Carlos Corberon and mm-hmm. how is he thought of amongst the uh, Huddersfield Town supporters and after that, I, I want to talk a little bit about style of play. Is it Bielsa yeah. ball or is it different? It's interesting because Corbin was at Leeds before Bielsa turned up. So I think the thing, you know, everybody thinks, you know, Spanish speakers, they probably have known each other for years. And that, that I believe that isn't the case. He was actually yeah. in part of the youth setup, I think, in Leeds prior to um, uh, Bielsa. But Bielsa yeah. took a shine to him and he became, you know, one of the assistant coaches or might have even been head coach. Um and I mean, I get the. I, we haven't. I don't like saying this as a town fan, but we didn't have. We don't have the quality of players that Leeds had under Bielsa. So it's very difficult to say we're playing the same sort of style as them. I mean, there's certainly we have a style. We're very much possession based. I think we were for a long time last season had the second highest possession stats in the league, just behind Norwich. So you know, there's very much play out from the back. Um, and if there's mistakes, we will accept those mistakes, but okay. we're still going to carry on playing out from the back. So there's definitely that. Certainly first half of the season was quite a good, strong high press um, and it seemed to work. But I don't think, um, I, I certainly, from what I've seen of Leeds, and I'm not saying I'm a, I watch them regularly, not many town fans do watch Leeds very regularly, I think it's fair to say. But from the uh, from what I've seen, I don't think it's an exact match between what we play and what they play. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good there, Jeremy. All right, let's move on. And uh, we've done this on several shows with you. Strengths and weaknesses for Huddersfield Town. So let's start with the good. Let's start yeah. with your strengths. Well, we've got one or two players that um, certainly wants to note. Uh, one of them, um, unfortunately, won't be playing because he's got COVID protocols and all that. So he's probably going to come back either for the Preston game or the Sheffield United game. Uh, Lewis O'Brien. So... Um, and he's linked with Leeds and linked with Palace. So how long he's going to be a player for us, I don't know. But he, he you know, he's a decent player. But the ones that I'll be playing against Fulham, I think two players to note will be Josh Caroma uh, and Zorba Thomas. Both, again, profiles, as I was explaining before, lower division players. So they were Leighton Orient and Boreham Wood, respectively, come in. Um, didn't do much when they first came in. Caroma got sent out to... Rotherham United on loan, I think it was. Um, came back, started last season really well. Got injured, you know, it was a bit in and out at the end, but, you know, he's a good player. Sober Thomas, um, you know, again, in and out when he first came into the side. But the when he played against Derby, I was listening to Curtis Davis on Radio Derby after the match, and he was saying, 
Zorba Thomas Premier League player straight away. He's he's excellent. He was eulogising about him, and he's strong. He's pacey, um, and he just had Andre Wisdom on toast for half an hour really. So um, so they both they both play in a similar position. They're both Karoma and Thomas. They both play on the left side. Um, but yeah, they're certainly two players to watch. Um, I think other strengths. Be interesting to see how the defence plays. I, I'm reasonably hopeful about the defence this season. We've got a yeah. new guy from Luton called Matty Pearson. He's a local lad, or he's, he's not too far away, so he's come back up north. He looks like he might be a, a decent player. Again, reserve judgment a little bit here, but I would say defence and attacking wing player probably are two uh, strengths. Okay, and then let's flip it. Let's talk about the weaknesses. Um, I, well, I think on Saturday, I. We've got a new goalkeeper, Lee Nichols, who unfortunately is another one who's out for COVID. Um, and the reserve keeper, Ryan Scoffey, played quite a bit last year, came up through the ranks, possibly not, well, I'll say he's probably one of our weaknesses at the moment. He's, he's not been playing that well since he came into the side. He's a bit in and out. Um, some good saves, but not consistency of performance. Um, also, I think up front, be interesting to see what we're going to be like up front. We haven't exactly got the the youngest strike force, Jordan Rhodes, who was with us, you know, yep. ten twelve years ago, uh, and Danny Ward, who was with us not long after that. So they've both come back into the. Um, the thing with Jordan is he, he doesn't play up front by himself, and we've tended to play under Coburn with one up front. Um, but with Jordan Rhodes, we're now playing two up front. So will that leave gaps in the centre of midfield? So it's. Um, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that works and how long we'll persist with two up front like we did against Derby. Uh, I, I mean, Jordan Rhodes was a terrific player for his first time. Went to Blackburn, again, really good, but hasn't really done it consistently at Middlesbrough or Norwich or Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and I do wonder we, I, I do wonder whether he'll do it for town. He's a popular signing. He's, he's a, he wants to be back here, so that's great. But... That's one thing. Putting the ball in the back of the net's the main thing, and whether he can do that 15 times a season, I've got my doubts. Okay, excellent. One more topic before I go to Amelia and we talk a little bit about foam, and then we'll start our actual preview of the match. Let's talk about this, because, again, I was not aware of this. Uh, doing my research, I came across this. Let's talk about the COVID outbreak at Huddersfield Town and how much of an impact could that have on this match, Jeremy? Yeah, well, it certainly could. I mean, we've, I mean, with the probably the first choice, Keeper out, first choice left back out in Harry Toffolo is another good player. Uh, uh, and then we've got um, Lewis O'Brien in midfield, who's again, like I say, that he's he's going to be a big miss. Um, and, and Josh Ruffles, who hasn't played for us yet, he's a, he's one of our new players. Um, they're the players that we we potentially will be missing without question. And Corbin himself, I'm not entirely sure whether he's going to be available because uh, he was out for Derby as well. I don't know if these are allowed back in. I think he says he's he's in the 10th day of isolation. So whether that means he can be tested and come back and sit on the bench, I don't know. I don't know enough about that sort of thing. But um, but yeah, uh, I think he said he was he was watching it and he was a minute behind, as you tend to be. As I'm, I was I was well aware watching it on iFollow last season. You do tend to get, have a little bit of a delay from the live action, but I, I could see that having an effect on us because um, it's not just four random players. You know, three of the four at least are you know going to be starters. Okay, excellent. One final topic. I know I said that was going to be a final topic. I just want to get your thoughts on form ahead of this match, and then I'm going to go to Emilio. 
Yeah, I mean, it's difficult to say. I mean, I, I've seen, um, I, I saw the the score, the, the Middlesbrough game. I didn't haven't seen it, so I don't really know uh, how you played. Uh, I noticed that in the the, uh, the betting, it's slightly unusual because there seems to be four teams in the betting that are very fancied this year. Um, so it's Fulham, Bournemouth, Sheffield United, and you might have to help me out here. I think there was another one that's... West Brom, uh, probably, West Brom. West Brom, that's the one, yeah. Um, and that's quite unusual for a competitive league, such as the Championship. I think this probably isn't the toughest Championship that you'll see. Um, I think it was more difficult four or five years ago than it is now. So I think... Fulham wouldn't have to be too great to get in the playoffs, I think, this season. Um, as for the top two, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I have to admit, I just don't know. If you ask me in a month's time, I'd probably have a better view on that one, I think. Okay, excellent. All right. Over to you, Emilio. I want to get your opening thoughts on what Jeremy just shared and then uh, follow that up with your thoughts on Huddersfield Town. Yeah, you know, the Fulham-Huddersfield games, you know, they're not always spectacular games, admittedly. They're sort of, you know, let's be, I think we've had a few interesting games where I think Fulham have dominated in um, in some games in recent years. I remember, you know, the one from two years ago when we lost, played the college one, I think we were winning 3-0 within, I think, 20, 30 minutes, and you came back into it 3-2 at half time, And then you, dis- you you were disappointed. I remember going for the drink after the game that you should have got points, and I agree with you. Um, there's a, there was a five nil thumping a few years ago when I think you were riding high in the division at the time, yeah. and that you know that was another. So they've been you know not spectacular games per se, but overall, look, this is the new season for Huddersfield Town. I think you've obviously been you know one of the favourites to go down purely probably on, on performance and your current form at the end of last season. You could you know so it doesn't surprise me just the the, the betting experts just look at current form or, or last season's form. You've made some interesting signings there. I think you've added a bit of strength. You know, I looked at your statistics from last weekend, and interestingly, you had more, you created more shots on goal and on target than Fulham did at home against Middlesbrough, which is an interesting stat as well. We had more possession, but you know, I think that was a concern for me from the Fulham performance last weekend. I know that seemed to be an overreaction from many of the fans. New manager, new setup, new way of playing. You're exper- it's going to be experimental, experimental in the first few games. The thing for me is not to lose not to lose early in the season, keep a bit of momentum. You don't have to peak at the beginning of the season. It's all about continuity, getting those points on the board. And I agree with you, Jeremy. I think this is probably the weakest championship I can ever remember. And is, this is probably an opportunity for the team like Fulham and even yourselves, to be honest. If you know, if you yep. start to get some consistency and a good run and stay within touching distance of the top two, then this, 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 this division is there up for grabs, in my opinion. But overall... I don't know much about your your squad per se. I'm not going to look at last season. Last season was three months ago. Lots changed. You know, new manager, new way of playing. And same with Fulham. Fulham have got a new manager. It's going to take time for him to to adapt to his way of playing. You know, I'd like to see some changes to the Fulham lineup this weekend in particular. Okay. I thought midfield we were very lightweight. I think you look at the players that we had a. Uh, on when on Sunday against uh, Middlesbrough, probably the worst team you want to be playing, a Neil Warnock team. But we had two youngsters in Carvalho and Francois, who are not the, physically the biggest blokes in the world, and they're quite lightweight. And Harry Wilson, a very good signing for us, again not the strongest, not quite lightweight. And Cabana, who's just as tall as me, to be honest. So it's a, uh, you know, that gave me why four out of those five players extremely lightweight, and I thought we lo- we lacked a bit of bite and strength in mid- in that midfield, and and that played into Middlesbrough's hands, albeit they didn't do very much. They had one chance and they took it. So mm-hmm. that concern for me is we didn't kill the game off. We didn't create enough clear-cut chances to kill the game off. That could play into your hands if we continue to play the same setup because I think you've probably got more attacking options, so to speak. We may have better quality, but it yeah. does, I think quality and 
quantity i think sometimes you know not they're not like for like it's all about you created more chances against derby than we did against middlesbrough and you had more shots on target and, and was away from home versus us being at home so that's why i'm a little bit nervous i think we've i think okay. defensively we look pretty secure but i think it's going to be who's going to win the midfield battle here and i think if we play the same midfield as we did against middlesbrough i think that's just too lightweight for me there's not, there's not enough bite there's not enough steel in there and harrison reed i know russ you've said is 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 not fit to play the weekend so yeah we, we've got some injuries there to yes. worry about and that, that's a concern for me in that midfield we have to i think marcus civil will make changes you know he'll you know but he won't want to experiment and he'll probably say this is a good opportunity away from home how's he going to set himself up for 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 an away game i, I don't know it's all again it's all going to be quite experimental Great points there, Emilio, because that's why I great segue too, because you got me right into talking about injuries. And I think a key injury here is Harrison Reed, mm. because I think they missed him. You even said that they missed mm. him against Middlesbrough. I think they're going to miss him again this week in this match. Hopefully he'll be back for the next match against Millwall, mm. but they do need him. And even though the youngsters, I thought did a nice job, Emilio, I mm. think not having Harrison Reed. And we'll, we can also say, the long-term injury now, Tom Kearney, I think, mm. could hurt the side, and they, I think, they need reinforcements uh, in the midfield. And Melio, mm. as we're doing the show live, guess what happened? Brentford just scored. So well, I Brentford just scored that. against Arsenal as well. Okay, so yep. we played the corresponding first game last season. We got promoted home to Arsenal, and we lost three. And we went one nil down within five minutes. I remember. <laughs> oh well. As like I said, we are doing this show mm. live as the Brentford match against Arsenal is going yeah. on, and Brentford just scored. It is now one 0 So that does not make me feel good, but I'm still into doing the show, and I'm looking forward to <laughs> talking about this upcoming match. But I'm not going to lie, guys, that kind of put a little damper on it, and mm. uh, I hope Arsenal can get back in this match because I don't want to see the uh, uh, Brentford team do well this season. I'll just say mm. that. And mm. as Emilio said, I was hoping we would see what happened to Fulham last season. Well, so far, it has not. Okay. <laughs> Coming up next, guys, we are really going to break down this match between Huddersfield Town and Fulham. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Lift tickets, once proudly zip ties. Honda ski jackets everywhere. Now I've gone the way of the cassette. Why? Because of Epic Day Pass. It gives you the flexibility to build your own pass, all while paying up to 65% less compared to lift tickets. Just choose one to seven days to ski or ride throughout the season, then select your resort access. Vail, Breckenridge, Park City, and so many more. It's that easy. Yep, lift tickets had a good run, but so did fax machines. It's time for Epic Day Pass. Lift tickets, they had a good run, but now there's Epic Day Pass. Choose to ski or ride one to seven days and select your resort access to Vail, Park City, and more. All while paying less compared to lift tickets. Sorry, lift tickets. It's time for Epic Day Pass. Okay, guys. What I thought I would do, I got you both on the show together. So we're going to go back and forth. I'm going to go through different parts of stuff for us to break down. We'll go back and forth between Jeremy and Emilio. So, Jeremy, I'm going to start with you. Let's start with key players. 
for Huddersfield Town against Fulham. Who are key players for you? Um, I have to admit, I might just start repeating what I said last time you asked me that question two or three years ago, because I think okay. the centre of midfield is probably where it's going to be won and lost. We've, I, we've I still, totally agree with that. Yeah, we've still got Jonathan Hogg in the centre of midfield. Now, I mean, he's, he's a complete, you know, he, he's a hero to a lot of town fans, one of the you know our best players of the 21st century. I mean, he's, he was there when we got promoted. He's heading towards a testimonial soon in the next few years. You know, he's a good player. What he hasn't got is legs, you know, and with uh, Lewis O'Brien out, um, then I think a key player will be Jonathan Hogg and potentially Scott High in midfield. Scott High is a young guy, uh, came in at the end of last season, possibly didn't perform, you know, to a really high standard, but because he's young, he's, there's room for improvement. So I think Scott High and Jonathan Hogg, neither of which are necessarily our best players, but key players. Exactly. Exactly. And, and Millie, over to you. Key players for Fulham. We've already, between the three of us, have mm. come to the conclusion that this is a battle in the midfield, central mm. midfield. Yeah, absolutely. Are we looking at the players there as your key players, or is there somewhere else on the pitch? Could Josh Onama be a key player if he plays? Um, I think at the end of the day, I think Wilson, I think, Good, good debut on Saturday, Sunday. I think he's going to be our main, our main player again tomorrow. I, th- I think we will see some, some depth in that midfield. I don't know who, who we will play. He may potentially. I'm just putting it out there. He may potentially put Joe Bryan in midfield. Just change the system a little bit. He might put a somebody who maybe. I just worry that that midfield is a bit too lightweight. We played I light for light from last weekend. Onuma, I thought at times going forward offensively looked good. He had some good, good, good touches with Ted Taylor's good link-up play with Harry Wilson on the right. But defensively, he's not the sort of player you want in that holding position. You no. know, I know, obviously, um, Anguissa is on his way out. So I, don't, I doubt he'll figure in this game. I think let's be realistic. Seri was on the bench at the weekend. You know, is he up for going to Huddersfield Town on a Saturday afternoon? I doubt it. But you know, these guys, we're still, we're still paying for the wages for these guys. So if they've got a job to do and we can keep them motivated and focused, then it's unlikely. But these are two experienced professionals who could play a difference, but realistically it's not going to happen. I think Joe Bryan could potentially come into midfield or replace Robinson, who I thought was probably one of our weakest performers on Sunday. But, you know, Harry Wilson is going to be the way our creativity, where our goals are going to come from, our threats going to come from. And, you know, we've, we've, we are a bit lightweight in the squad at the moment. We've got right. Kamara. I think Steve Turner's asked the question is, is Kamara going? I think he has or is going. So yep. I think that's, let's move on. Johansson, people have, you know, I've had some discussions with some of the fans around Johansson going to QPR was a bad mistake. I, we have to move on. We can't keep these players for sympathetic reasons. Great job. Was my favourite player at the club, but he, we need to move on. Kevin McDonald, hopefully he'll, he's safe and, and keeping well after his operation, but we need to move to a new era of football. And even the Tom Kearney, Pete, I know we missed him at times last season. I think we need to move on from Tom okay. Kearney. The, we have to evolve from that. He's, he's been at the club, what, six, seven seasons? He's had a bit of bad luck with injuries recently, but we, Fulham has to move on from Tom Kearney, you know, to be honest. And then maybe the, now is the time we don't build around Tom Kearney, we build around a new a new era of football. So I know Steve, Steph Johansson could have done a job, but I, we need to build for the future. You I can't agree, keep man. playing Stefan Johansson, Tom Kearney, and these guys are not competitive enough in the Premier League. We've, be, we've, we've fallen flat on our faces twice with that approach and buying all these loan signings and expensive signings. It's failed miserably. We need to start building a platform. It means we don't get promoted this year and build on like Wolves, Brighton, and all these other teams and Leeds United. So be it. But we can't keep buying all these bit part players who are good for one level and nowhere good enough for the for the Premier League. So uh, 
you know, we need to sign players, Steve. That's the bottom line. We do need yep. to sign players, but we have to trust our owners and the and the and the the, uh, the management team to to do what's right for the club. You know, it, more players will be coming, but as usual, it's last minute dot com for them. Right. And Emilio, I think that's the problem that Fulham are under, and and uh, mm. I think Tyrese Francois can do a job, but. I think that they still, even with him in there, I think they uh-huh. miss Harrison Reed. Yeah. And I think, like you mentioned, the fact that there's no cover there right now, I think Steph Joe needed to go, like you said. Mm. Obviously, Kevin McDonald with his situation, they needed to move on. And like you mentioned, maybe it is time eventually to move on from Kearney. This is where they need to be focusing their time. You know, again, Foma are strongly linked, and it looks like they might sign this player from brazil but he's not a central midfielder and they need more cover there they need a holding midfielder and Mm. uh you know and again i'm a little bit concerned going into this match nothing against francois i thought francois was good and and but again uh it's a little scary right now not having cover without harrison reed it's just the way it is right now emilio okay let's move on back over to you jeremy Let's get right to it. How does Huddersfield Town win this match? Let's not talk about draws. How do they win? Well, I would say get the balls out out wide and, and get crosses in. Because, I mean, we should have some people in the box. I mean, that is has been a problem in the past, not having enough people committed forward. But if we are going to play two up front, then get the balls out wide to Zorba and, and, and get the balls in there. And hopefully, you know, like sort of, uh, Danny and Jordan can find a little bit of space in there and, and get a, a goal or two. Um, I think, you know, it's going to be passing football for us. We're not going to be playing hoofball at all. Um, I like to think we might mix it up a little bit, but no, I think it's going to be, you know, get the ball that wide, get it in the box and hopefully get somebody running across the defender and putting it in. Okay, excellent. The flip side, Emilio, for us, how does Fulham win this match? I think, again, it's. I think we've got enough pace in this, in this squad. I think we might see a bit more bit more pace on the on the flanks coming into the squad tomorrow. Um Get Wilson on the ball early. I think I think that's inevitable. I think he was causing um, Middlesbrough a few problems at the weekend. Uh, for me, I thought that we were we felt a little bit uncomfortable the first 20, 30 minutes of that game against Middlesbrough. There was a lot of kicking the ball up high, you know, back, you know, it, keep the ball on the deck for me. I think we were a bit nervous at first 20, 30 minutes against Borough. We couldn't keep possession of the ball. Then we started getting into a rhythm, especially the last 10 minutes of the first half in that second half where we had dominance but didn't create enough quality chances. So uh, for me, it's keep ball, keep the ball on the pitch, play to your strengths, but, you know, play a little bit of Scott Parker in a more positive way. Keep yep. possession, keep the ball moving. That's what Harrison Reed does well. You know, I still question his ability as a Premier League player. We saw him doing very well the first half. He was very poor second half of the season. You could argue most of the team were, but again, you know, Harrison Reed, I'll call, you know, call him that. I was, you know, I criticized, I lamented the fact that I don't think he's a Premier League player. Again, we saw the reasons why I don't think he's a top class Premier League player, far from it. But for me, it's keeping possession, play the ball on the ground, don't hoof it up, don't keep lobbing in a way, putting out to out of touch, play to your strengths, look for your key players and use that, that, that pace that we've got. So in, this could be an interesting game of, we're playing very similar football, Jeremy. You know, you created a lot of opportunities against Derby County. That that I say it again. I, re, I worry about that. So we've got to yep. be on our guard defensively, and you know, we we need to be. I'd rather we we are kept under pressure and focused rather than becoming complacent like we did in Middlesbrough. Made a few, right. you know, needless chat fouls, and look, and that resulted in you know them scoring the goal because we, I think we lost a bit of focus. And so for me, I think it's going to be very much. It's going to be one in midfield. 
but who who can create better quality crosses into the box and who can convert those chances? We're not we haven't scored enough goals in the Premier League, and we didn't look like scoring many goals last weekend either. That's that's my worry. We didn't kill the game off when you're one 0 up. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, let's move on to your starting eleven. Jeremy, let's go with what you think your manager will pick as your starting eleven, and if you would do anything different, add to that. So let's go what you think he's going to go with, and I'll, we'll do the same thing, Amelia, when I go to you. First, over to Jeremy. Yeah, I, I, I suspect it's going to be very similar to what he, he started last week, really, because of the COVID outbreak. There's probably a, a, a little less leeway uh, to have in there. So I can imagine it'd be Ryan Schofield and go. Um, and then we'll have um, like Nabi Zah uh, and uh, Matty Pearson um, as central defenders. Um, we've we've got, also got a late guy called Levi Colville who's come on loan from Chelsea. He looked decent. I think he scored the own goal actually, but I mean he did look decent. So they, potentially those three at the back, um, and then we'll have a, a couple of uh, wing backs there. Um, of you know, so somebody like Zorba Thomas. Um, and then we'll, we'll have uh, Hogg and uh, Scott High in midfield, I would imagine. And up front, we will be playing Danny Ward and, uh, and Jordan Rhodes. Jordan. I really, yeah, I really can't see there being that many changes because not that many people that you can bring in really at the moment for us. Uh, so yeah, I mean, there may be they may pick a different central defender rather than uh, the three that I've mentioned. They may like just swap and change a bit. They, they did move on from uh, the Sheffield Wednesday team the team that played Sheffield Wednesday to the one at Derby. But other than that, I don't see many of the changes. Okay, excellent. Melio, over to you. Let's start with what you think Marco Silva would do with a starting 11, and then what would Emilio do? It might be completely different. It might yeah, be the same. Yeah. So let's start yeah. with what you think Silva is going to do with a starting 11. I think, based on the performance last weekend, I think, the only change I could see out there is possibly Joe Bryan coming in for Robinson. For Robinson, okay. Possibly. Um, alternatively, putting Joe Bryan more in central, in central midfield and, and see how him and Robinson, because ultimately I think we lacked a bit of quality delivery into the box at times. And I think we looked good sort of making some chances, some good movement, but the final ball into the box at times wasn't good enough. Tete came forward quite a bit. Some decent crosses in the box, but yep. nothing, nothing, you know, nothing significant of note. Robinson, I think, got pushed got pushed back in that second half. He didn't come forward enough for me and looked very isolated at times. So maybe you might see Joe, a subtle change, either bringing Joe Bryan in for Robinson or bringing Joe Bryan into midfield and experimenting there. You know, you might see potentially Cabano. You might see a change there. I think Cabano okay. brought his energy. Could you see Cavalera? I'm not Cavalera fan, don't get me wrong, but I'm just on I think realistic. you might see Cavalera. You might That's see Cavalera coming in. Maybe, possibly in place of, of Niskin's Cabano, but for me, it's Francois. I had a solid game against Middles, but not spectacular. Have we got any other options? That's that's a good thing. We probably haven't got any options there. I don't think thing. we do. I think that's the issue, Amelia. Yeah, I don't think you have any. I think it's could De- Bobby Decadova Reed figure in this game possibly. Maybe. You might you, you might see him potentially in place of Carvalho. I'm just throwing it out there. And I think he's going to experiment. I'd, I'd be surprised. It's going to be an unchanged lineup based okay. on last weekend's performance. We're away from home. I'd like to see how we set ourselves up in, in going away from the cottage. So don't be surprised there will be some changes there. But that's where I think if there's going to be some changes likely to be Robinson, Brian, more on the uh, on the left-hand side in particular. And possibly you might see Decadov Reed if he's fit okay. and willing to play, maybe coming in and doing a role at some point. Okay. And what would you do, Emilio? Is there anything you would do different? 
I, I called it out on Sunday. The keeper made me nervous. One performance. Okay. I, 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 so you go Rodak. I'd go Rodak. The chart. And again, the worry of the goalkeeper, if, if he's not really made any notable errors and wasn't tested, why would you drop him? So I'd be surprised if he changes it, but I'd like to see Rodak given that number one jersey and keeping that number one jersey. The keeper just positional play at times made me feel extremely nervous. It, it, it feels like a little bit too, a bit like Willie Cavallero for Man, you know, the Man City former keeper, the Argentinian keeper, very similar type of appearance. You know, his sometimes could do something, something a little bit rash. Um, that's what it felt like. There's always a rash distribution or a rash save or something something unconventional. He made me feel very nervous. I'd like to see a change there. As much as I'm not Joe Bryan's fan, maybe give him a chance to play tomorrow. I don't think he's a Premier League player. That's 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 very they're very, very clear. But you know, I think Robinson had a poor game, so maybe Marcus Silva won't take any nonsense and will want players to be fighting for their shirts. If you're not good enough, I see him making some some ruthless changes. So I don't be surprised Joe Bryan will figure at some point. And in, and in, I will take off Cabano. I don't, I don't think Cabano did okay. enough for me as well. It's, who else do we have other than Cavalero? Sorry, Steve. I know you, you, we don't, none of us like Cavalero, but I think yeah. he can offer a little bit more than Niskin's Cabano, to be totally frank with you. And what are the other options? I wouldn't drop Mitrovic. I want to talk about maybe pushing Carvalho up front and maybe putting Decadova Reed in that center, in that behind. Maybe. The That's an option. Yeah. And Mitrovic going to the bench, maybe, but oh, I, I don't, I don't, big, I don't know if he does man. that. To be honest with you, you I can't I, do I, that. I yeah. want Mitrovic to play. I think he will come good. People disagree with me, but everyone's got their own opinions. But this player <laughs> is not a bad player overnight. So you, you got to play a big man. And if we played our big man more regularly last season, you could argue we probably would have had more points on the board. Okay, excellent. All right, before we go to predictions, and if you're watching live, feel free to share your predictions. I'll share them. But I just want to just uh, share a couple. Of comments this is from our friend steve lillard <laughs> obviously does not want cavalero who else is there steve <laughs> and here's an interesting comment you know this is from our friend steve reynolds we will not go up with this squad lightweight and too predictable now i disagree if to steve's point if it stays the way it is i think it's good enough but i do think i do agree with steve it's lightweight and mm. I think that needs to be addressed. I, I agree with that. Mm. And I agree with all of the sentiment that business should have been done earlier, Emilio. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't you disagree know, with I, that. You know, But you look at these players. Anguisa is on his way out. So it's all a question of how much money we generate for him. Yep. There may be a dependency on him leaving before we then sign likely some of the likes of, Mac, of Grimes that we're heavily, we're heavily linked with. Kamara is on his way out, you know. I still think he could have done a bit part job, but clearly if we can get three or four million from him, let's take that and invest it in, in Mooney's who's heavily linked to the club. So I think we have to exit players before we can bring players in. So it's easy for us to criticize that we're not making signings, but if no one's coming in for our players, we can't just suddenly go and buy players for, for fun. There's financial fair play at stake just because we've got the wealth of the Premier League from, from the uh, royalties and all the, uh, parachute payments you can't go and splash it out like you know like other clubs do there's there's rules that we have to play with so it's easy to criticize that the squad is a big enough but we have to play within the constraints of the of policy and financial fair play and i think we have to let players go before we sign so seri Angisa, kamara those three if we generate some funding from those you will probably see grimes come in you'll probably see moonies and one or two other signings potentially loans so uh but yeah, that's financial fair play when our ages go, Steve. But we're still playing within the constraints and boundaries yep. of, the, of those of that regulation. So it's easy for us to complain as fans. We're not seeing enough money. 
put yourself as a, as an investor, as a business owner. Not as easy as you think, guys. Okay, excellent. All right, let's go to predictions. I've not looked at the predictions from the Fulham supporters or anyone watching live, but I'm going to predict that Steve Lydia is not going to predict a victory. I'm just throwing that out there. I could, you know, I haven't looked yet, Steve. Give me your prediction. Am I right? Okay, over to you, Jeremy. What's your prediction? What's interesting, I've just just been on the message board for town uh, just before I came on here, and they do a prediction every time, uh, and they went 62% Fulham victory. Uh, I think it was something like 16% town victory and then 21% whatever the maths is, uh, a draw. Um, I, yeah, I, I think I'm going to say first game in front of the fans for over, you know, 15 months. I, I would be disappointed if we lose tomorrow. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying we're anything approaching Fulham's quality, but I, I will say 1-1. One, one. Okay. All right. Emilio, what's your prediction? Um, there's two, Obviously, I think we're good enough to win this game. I think we, if we take lessons learned from last weekend, I think we can get a, a 2-1 win, to be honest. Realistically, I think a draw seems a likely score. To be honest, I haven't been... I know, it's early days, first game of the season. It's difficult to judge new managers, new squads, new systems, etc. So it's it's going to be experimental. I said it last weekend. As long as you keep stay unbeaten, improve as you go along, make some changes, experiment, bring new players in. It's, I'd rather we start to get a momentum. If we start to remain undefeated for a number of games, then that's what you want as a minimum. I think we're good enough to win. Do we have the quality, depth and injury-free squad to do that? I don't know. I, don't know. I, think, I think realistically it's going to be 1-1, one, one, but I, okay. don't be surprised we can get a 2-1 victory there like we did two seasons ago. Okay, excellent. And as predicted, Emilio, Steve Whittier <laughs> went 1-1. One, one. But actually, you did as well. And uh, I... Uh, Jeremy actually also thought that uh, that his team would get something out of this. So I understand why everyone is predicting 1-1 a draw because that makes sense, especially the early mm-hmm. part of the season. But if Fulham have ambitions of automatic promotion, which they better have <laughs> that type of aspirations, they need to be going for the victory. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. You build up momentum. But um, I'm going to go with a 2-1 to Fulham victory. And mm-hmm. uh, and that should shock no one that I'm going with a full victory, mm-hmm. but I'm going with a two to one full victory, and we'll we'll see what happens. Okay, before we go, guys, thank you. This has been a great show, Jeremy. Thank you so much for joining Emil and I tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. It's been very good. It's slightly different doing it as a video this time, but now it's enjoyable. I, I do feel as it's getting darker outside. I feel like I'm in part of the Blair Witch Project, just with the way that I'm looking, but. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it, yeah. Uh, as long as it's nice and sunny tomorrow in Yorkshire, that's the main thing. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I want to mention one thing before I go to Amelia. Please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're slowly building that up, so we do need your help. If you're on YouTube, please do subscribe. Amelia, what do you think of the show? I hope you enjoyed yeah. it. No, absolutely good show. It's always good to have Jeremy on the show. I can't believe it was like yep. two years ago we talked about this corresponding game. I know you came on the home show as well, Jeremy, if I recall yep. rightly. So, yeah, we'll we'll definitely see you, well, at Craven Cottage in a few months' time, and you and me and Joe will go out for drinks, hopefully celebrating a Fulham victory. But (laughs) drinks on me if that's the case, okay? That sounds good. I think it's February, March time. I'll look forward to it. Yeah, likewise. All right. All right. Well, this has been fun doing, getting the three of us back together. Let's wrap this up. Best of luck before we go, Mm. Jeremy. Let's see what happens. Best of luck. Uh, Tomorrow we'll see who wins or who draws or who loses. We'll see what ends Mm. up happening. But for my co-host, Emilio Danello, 
our friend Jeremy. I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.